You're listening to a mini edition of The Lively Show, episode 57. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Happy 2015, guys. I cannot believe that I am speaking to you guys after what has been a bit of a break. As you guys know, I have been taking a few weeks off to be with my family and to spend time with them. They came into town actually for the holidays or for Christmas, and it was really fun to show my parents and my middle brother, Matt, around Austin and show them our home and everything like that. My brothers, Matthew and Michael, my two younger brothers, stayed actually in our home, but my house isn't big enough that we're renting for my parents to stay here too. So they were in a hotel, but my brothers were here crashing in our house. It was a lot of fun, a lot of testosterone running around with Franklin, Mr. Lively, Matthew and Michael, but it was really, really fun. And I'm so excited because I'm still hoping that my littlest brother, Michael, who has been here a lot in the last few weeks, interviewing for different companies here in Austin, hoping that in 2015, he gets to move here and spend time with us. And it'll be really fun to live in the same city, let alone state, as someone in my family, which hasn't really happened since I was in college. So anyways, we're all kind of spread out, but it was really fun to connect and to hang out over Christmas break. In addition, it was crazy nice to have an autoresponder up for the last few weeks and able to really feel like I was able to check out of my work I say that with air quotes because really over the last week or so, I have been very busy working on an intention setting course for you guys so that you can start off 2015 on the right foot. It is a three-part video series, which I have for you, which will talk about what values-based intentions are, how to create them, and then how to use and implement them in your life in 2015 and beyond. It is actually gonna be launching on Thursday. So I don't have the videos done yet, but what I did do is made a page for you to sign up for this course. This is a special course that is totally free, but you have to sign up for an email. So even if you're already on my regular email list, in order to get the intention setting course and that mini series, you need to go to lifewithintentiononline.com. Entering your email is what will actually give you the links to the videos as they come out over the next few weeks. The first one will be this Thursday. So go to lifewithintentiononline.com now to sign up. And then on Thursday, you will get the video in your inbox so that you can start learning what values-based intentions are and what an uppercase V value is. That's what we cover in the first video along with why uppercase V values and values-based intentions are better and bigger than goals or outcomes that we have in our lives and why they bring us the lasting peace we're really looking for. In addition to the mini series, I have gone through the blog over the five years before The Lively Show, where I was writing every day, sometimes multiple times a day, about living with intention and put together the best pieces of advice I have per area of your life. So I went through and called the pieces of advice between possessions, personal habits, relationships, and career. And I picked the things that I thought would be most applicable to you right now in January of 2015 so that you can have a more meaningful and peaceful year ahead. That's what I really want for you guys. I know it's kind of like this pressure to like climb a mountain and have all these shiny pennies and and kind of feel like you're like gotta be a better version of you. 
I want you to feel like you're a more authentic version of you. And yes, that may come with a lot of growth and some shiny pennies along the way. But most of all, I hope that the meaning and the peace that you feel this year is at a new level. And it feels like a shoulder rub. That's always like to think about living with intention. It doesn't feel like you have to amp yourself up and force yourself to be something you're not. You're just becoming more of what you already have the potential to be. Here are my tips and as I go through these, please know if you go to jesslively.com slash 2015, those are 2015. If you go to that URL, you will see all of the links to these things that I'm speaking of. So you can go deeper in any of these areas that you're intrigued by as I move forward through the different things that you can do. And remember, I really do believe doing the intention setting mini series and then coming back to these things is really the best way to do this figure out what's most important to you and your intentions, and then come back to this post, jesslively.com slash 2015, and find the actions that would embody those values that you have. So let's get started. We're going to first start with possessions because possessions are a really awesome place to start, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed or feeling like you're kind of in a rut. In my own life, when I first went through living with intention, I found that changing the habits and some of the deeply ingrained limiting beliefs was really challenging, but that didn't mean I couldn't go through my wardrobe and get rid of everything that didn't fit me well or didn't make me feel great. So possessions are a great place to start because they're much easier oftentimes than you know changing things in our careers, personal habits, or relationships. My first tip, and this is one that has been really popular on Pinterest lately, is the Throw Out 100 Things Challenge. This actually came from a book that I heard about a few years back that talked about getting rid of 50 things, but I found that 50 things wasn't really doing much, at least in my own life. So I really wanted to challenge myself to push forward and really be intentional and deliberate, most importantly, about the things that I was going to keep or the things I was going to, what I call, exfoliate. I love the idea of exfoliation when you think about getting rid of clutter and things that you no longer need, use, or love. Because exfoliations, when we exfoliate our face, for example, we're getting rid of the dead skin cells that are actually covering up the healthier skin underneath. Oftentimes, I feel like our lives and our possessions and our homes have that layer of dead skin cells, if you will, the layer of the stuff that's actually not serving us at this point in our lives. And we need to go through and exfoliate those items that aren't needed anymore so that they can go on to have a new life with someone else. They can get donated or they can get recycled. This challenge is so powerful and it's really kind of addicting, especially if you're a blogger, you can take pictures of all the 100 things and put little numbers next to them so people can kind of count it. So feel free to go try your own. And one challenge I say with this to really make this powerful is to actually group like items. So if you're going to get rid of nail polish or socks, for example, multiple pairs of socks or multiple nail polishes, count those items as one group, one item. So if you get rid of three nail polishes, that's one item. If you get rid of seven socks or seven pairs of socks, that's one item. That is really going to help you make much more progress than counting individual magazines or individual books that you're exfoliating. Next, a few years ago, I shared my keys to creating an intentional wardrobe. It talks about how to create a clear vision, how to handle life transitions and anticipate them most importantly, and how to make wiser purchases and shop sales intentionally. I won't go into all of these in detail right now, but I just want to say I've shared how to use the life with intention process in an overarching way for your wardrobe. It's really fascinating. People really enjoyed this series. So I've shared those keys 
In addition, we have to remember the ventilator test is a powerful way for you to really go through and combat that clutter, especially if you're someone who likes to think about the emotional connection you may have to something that you no longer need, use, or love now, but had a lot of significance to you in the past. And so you're holding on to it, not because you need it now, but because you want to have the memory of it to continue. And if you get rid of it, you feel like you're actually losing the memory or you're losing a part of your past. When it comes to those items, I say, think about the ventilator test, which is if you just sit it around and you don't want to get rid of it because of the emotional, or even let's just say you're actually feeling kind of guilty because you don't want to actually see that thing end up in a landfill. What you can do is realize if I was on a deathbed, God forbid that happens to you anytime soon, but I'm just saying here, if you were there, what would someone in your family or your husband or your partner have to do with your stuff? Would it go in the landfill anyways? If so, let it go now. And as far as the emotional things go, when it comes to something that means a lot to you, but doesn't have an active place in your current life, take a photo of it. Take, make a scrapbook of all the things that you no longer need now, but have personal significance to you in the past. For example, I had a client once who had a lighter from a concert that she went to. Now she doesn't smoke. She does this. I don't even think the lighter even works anymore, but she didn't want to throw it away because she didn't want to lose the memory associated with it. But the lighter itself is just a piece of plastic with some metal on it. This doesn't mean you can't keep sentimental items. It just means that there's a bunch of clutter in our closets, including this lighter. And really what that represented was the memory, not the physical item itself. Taking photos of things that you don't want to forget is a really powerful way to release it without removing the memory from your own life. You can make an Instagram book for it. You can make a scrapbook. You can just put it on your file on your computer so you can go back to it whenever you want. And last but not least for the possessions, I have one great thing that was a really popular thing in the blog world overall, and also was a really popular episode of The Lively Show. We spoke with Caroline Rector of Unfancy about how to create wardrobes that work for you three months at a time with a limited number of items. Caroline uses the number 37 to help structure her wardrobes and her capsules, but you can obviously make up your own rules. Now let's move on to personal habits. First of all, no matter what your personal habit is that you're trying to create, whether it's mindfulness, gratefulness, exercise, eating better, whatever it is, try to find an accountability partner to be accountable with. I would hopefully suggest finding someone, either a professional that you can hire and work with who has a lot of experience and knowledge to share. That's one version of an accountability partner that can be really powerful, but also having a buddy that you can actually go through this change with can be incredibly powerful. I have actually have a link about this whole practice and how you can possibly find a partner, but overall, just start sharing it with your friends or family or putting it out there on social media and see if you can find someone to check in with on a regular basis about the progress that you're making. Next, we can talk about linchpin habits. This is something that I realized in my own life was incredibly powerful. When I was trying to make a change like doing a private victory in the morning, which I'll talk about in a second, over time, it kind of became a challenge to actually keep waking up and doing this in the early morning. And what I realized I needed to do was not focus on how early I have to get up and trying to force myself on that side of it. What I really needed to do was cultivate the linchpin habit before waking up, which meant going to bed earlier. And what created the going to bed earlier was watching less television at night. So what I needed to focus on was watching less TV at night 
helped me go to bed earlier. When I went to bed earlier, the sleep I got made me more rested and more likely to be able to have energy when I woke up in the morning. That's a linchpin habit. Focusing on the thing that triggers the other change you wanna make can be very powerful. So if you're finding a specific area is troublesome, Find the linchpin habit before it that can set you up for success because whatever the resistance is right before the change that you want to make, you have to find a way to get around that resistance before the change is likely to happen. In addition, this actually brings me to my next point, which is to focus on rituals. It's been said that over 95% of our lives are based on our habits. And when it comes to our destinies, if you think 95% of our lives is based on habits, then our destiny is truly shaped by the habits that we have. So rituals, the way I use them, are values-based habits. They're things that are habits expressing the values we have in our intentions. Again, I can't share this intention mini series enough. I'm going to be sharing how to set those intentions. And then these rituals, these habits you can create to express them are truly where your experience of life is going to change. When you can create a ritual around something that is truly important to you, it brings you an immense amount of peace because you're actually acting on things that are truly important to you and that are values. And you're starting to create the automation of the habit in your own life. Because when you get into a habit, it's easier to do. You don't have to have as much self-discipline as when you do something for the first few times. So as it becomes a habit, it becomes easier to continue doing. So rituals are huge, and I've written a post all about them, which you can check out again on jesslively.com slash 2015. Eating is an area people are looking to become more intuitive with. And this is something I deeply, deeply understand and connect with because as you guys know, I had nine years of eating issues on both ends of the spectrum. Because it was such a big part of my life, I'm really passionate about helping people to find a more peaceful and sustainable way of approaching their eating because it ruled my life for so long. So we have two great podcasts for that. We have Kelly Krause talking about losing the weight by being kind and using kindness as her values-based intention. And we also have Lauren Lax, who struggled with eating enough to stay alive for several years and talked about her own journey to, again, coming to an intuitive place with her eating. In addition, I also share links to my own journey with it, which was not nearly as extreme as either of Kelly's or Lauren's stories, but still had that same amount of stress and struggle and strife that comes with being obsessed with your eating and letting your ego control why you eat, what you eat, and how much you eat. So to eat intuitively, I've got these podcasts to listen to as well as my story and the resources that helped me personally move forward and find that intuitive place to eat from my intuition until satisfied. In addition, my favorite thing of 2014 was the five-minute journal. It's a very quick journaling process that you do in the morning and in the evenings. I've been doing it for several weeks now, if not a month or maybe two months now, it is amazing. I have to thank Yuzhe Ramdas and his partner, Alex Icon, for creating this amazing journal. You can listen to Yuzhe talk about the journal in one of the more recent podcasts over the holiday season, which again, I'll link to in justlivey.com slash 2015. Meditation is becoming really, really popular. I keep seeing it popping up everywhere online, which is really great. And it may be something you might be trying to think about attempting. We have two great podcasts that you can listen to that talk about meditation. They are Eric Zimmer and Rachel McDonald. 
both of those lively show episodes talk about meditation and how to approach them in ways that you may not think from a stereotypical idea of what meditation is, which is a nice release of a lot of pressure when we think about sitting perfectly still for very long amounts of time with no thoughts whatsoever. Eric and Rachel give us really great insights into alternatives to that type of meditation. And last but not least, for the personal habits, the biggest habit I can possibly suggest for you is to create a morning private victory. Now, you don't have to do these in the morning. The private victory is something you can do anytime, and it comes from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It is actually habit number seven. And I feel like if we could just skip to that habit alone and implement it, it would truly change most people's lives more than anything else, because what it does is it gives us the ability to do anything else we do in our lives in a better, stronger, more peaceful, and more energized way. So the private victory has three components to it, mental, physical, and spiritual. So you get to figure out however you want to spend time devoted to those three areas of your life in the morning or whenever you're going to do it. But I really do suggest the morning time because That's what's setting you up for the rest of your day and your days are setting you up for the rest of your life. So starting off in the morning, and even if it's not as long as an hour, doing something in these three areas is incredibly powerful. For myself, I like to do the meditations right first thing in the morning. I turn on the the guided meditation right away while I'm still laying down. I don't even have to get up, but I do start to really clear my mind and start setting my mind for the day. Then I read from spiritual books and mentally challenging books or something that's going to help me that is bigger than just bloggering or consuming anything online. I'm reading a book and then I'm moving on to exercise and I don't have to do a full workout, but I do want to move my body in some way, even if it's just for about 10 minutes to give the blood flow and the oxygen and the muscles going so that I can take on the rest of the day in a more peaceful way. And then last but not least, I do the five minute journal. So I use the journal to wrap up my morning victory. And at the end of the day, I use it to close my day as well. This habit, if you try it, has huge benefits. In fact, Hal Elrod has actually written a book called The Miracle Morning, which I'm so excited to read. And it's apparently all about how you can create the morning that is based on scientific research designed to help you get the most benefit out of your day and out of your morning. Next, we have relationships. This is a shorter category for me because I'll be honest, I'm not a relationship expert But I do know that the value of reciprocity is a really fascinating value to have when we want to feel closer to people or we feel friction because we don't feel like we get as close as we would like to feel with people in our lives. So if you want to check out more about what reciprocity is and how you can use it as a value in your intentions for relationships, check out the post that I've linked. Moving on to career, this is a big area for a lot of you guys. I know that you know about half of you guys have your own businesses and about half of you totally don't. And I wanna say that most of these things are gonna reply to either of your camps, whether you're self-employed or not. One of the things I think it's important is to find the lessons in the season of this career that you're in right now. That doesn't mean you can't make a shift this year. In fact, if your gut is telling you, your intuition's saying, hey, it's time to make a change, Go make that change as soon as your gut tells you to. Don't let your ego sit there and make excuses for why you can't do that. I definitely think you should follow your intuition. However, 
if your intuition is not telling you to leave this specific moment at this specific time, find the life lesson in this career season right now. It's not so much about, oh, I'm not feeling happy all the time and this situation kind of sucks and I have to be here for a few more months before I move. Whatever that is, find the lesson that you can learn in this time, especially if it's a temporary one or you're just about to transition into the next one. Because if you can learn the life lesson that is here in this specific career situation, even if you don't like your boss or especially if your coworkers are negative, if you can find a way to make this a lesson that's going to improve you as a person because you're able to deal with this situation better, you're gonna be so much better off when you move on to the next transition that you're going to have in the future. So again, don't stay in a job because your ego's scared, but if you're gonna stay in a job, don't also check out emotionally and mentally because it's not good enough. Find the lessons you can learn and go dive into them. So make sure that you're living fully in the career that you're in. Even if you don't like it, find the lesson you can take from it so that when you do decide to make a new change or a new opportunity comes up, you're going to be better able to do it with more resources than you ever had before. This is a great time to talk about purpose. This is something that a lot of people kind of get confused by and it really just stresses them out. So I wanna read a very short post to you right now that helps you remind you that purpose is within you. It's not in the things that you do. Many people are searching for the thing that is their purpose, but the truth is we bring our purpose to the things we do. For example, how could we possibly pin the purpose of Benjamin Franklin? Was his purpose to be a writer? a printer, a thinker, a philosopher, a politician, a founding father, a scientist, an inventor, an ambassador, a wit, or a father? Could we possibly pin one of those roles on his chest and call it his purpose? Never. His purpose did not exist in the things that he did. It came from within himself and was applied to whatever he happened to be doing to serve others in that moment. Our purpose is not in the things we do. It is within ourselves and fused to the things we do when we give ourselves fully to the task at hand right now. Want to know what to do next? Ask your gut what it is calling you to do. Then give yourself fully to that task. Once you hear another call, follow it. Allow your life to be fantastically full of variety or soulfully stuck to one simple path. Whichever the case, realize that purpose is not the thing you do. It is within you. That's the post that I wanted to share with you, and I hope that this kind of explains in a succinct way that the stuff that you're doing right now, whether you're a stationary designer or whether you're you know, doing TPS reports in a cubicle like an office space, your purpose is not in the stationary or the TPS report. The purpose is serving others in the present moment wherever you are, and you can change that up as many times as you want, or you could do one thing the rest of your life, but always remember the purpose is in you, not in the actual act. Next, we want to think about what wall are you climbing? This is a great time in January to reflect on the, the wall that you're climbing with your career and making sure that whatever the top of that wall is, is indeed where you want to go. And this doesn't mean you can't be like Spider-Man jumping from skyscraper to skyscraper, but you have to remember that wherever you are now, if nothing else changes, you will become at the top of whatever that specific skyscraper is. And if it's not where you want to be, Keep that in mind as you take actions. For example, I started my jewelry business right out of school, but I knew I didn't want to get to the top of the jewelry business skyscraper. It was just a self-employed day job while I was trying to help people live with intention. 
I started the blog six years ago as a way to give half of my time during my day towards helping people do this. And now I'm doing it full time. I was finally able to actually make that full spider man leap from one wall of jewelry design and accessory design to intentions. And actually, to be honest, there was another, you know, kind of skyscraper in the middle there that was business consulting. So you have to kind of keep a very keen eye on where you are now. And if you continue to climb here, will get you to whatever 10 times here might be. If you don't wanna be at the top of that building, remember you're gonna have to start changing and shifting directions, and that might mean a lateral or even a descent to the bottom of some other skyscraper. But you always have to think, what wall are you climbing and why? For the business owners who are looking for business advice, my favorite resource for business advice, and especially for people that are new and looking for community to connect with, is fizzle.co. It's a great resource, as I said, for training in business and for community. So if you're interested, I highly recommend it. If you want, you can go to fizzle.co slash the lively show. It's $1 for your first month. If you go to fizzle.co slash the lively show, which is an affiliate link for me, but I do genuinely recommend it. And I also have a little bonus for people that sign up and use that link. If you send me your receipt, with the fizzle.co slash the lively show as the link that you signed up from, I will actually answer any question you have about your business in three sentences or less. So feel free to send over, if you want me to look at your website or give you some feedback on something, feel free to send it to me and I'm, and I'm happy to give you my thoughts. So this has been a lot of stuff. As I've mentioned, all of these resources you can go find out more about on justlively.com slash 2015. But I have two last things that are kind of overarching ideas for you. Number one is last year I created a top 10 books for each of the top 10 New Year's resolutions. So I know I'm not into resolutions as you guys know as well, but that doesn't mean those resolutions aren't themes that we all are working on in our lives. So I've shared the 10 books I recommend to tackle each of those 10 common New Year's resolutions. And in addition, if you're facing any uncertainty, any stress, or you want clarity on anything, I have one beautifully simple so elegantly powerful thing for you to do that I think a lot of people listen to me and then they don't do it. Honestly, it kind of is sad because I really want you guys to get clarity and to find the answers you're looking for. But sometimes it feels like people are willing to look everywhere but within. And within is where the answer is. So if I can ask you to do one thing this year to help get more clarity or remove less stress or to deal with uncertainty in a better way, please right to your intuitions. I know this is sounds a little crazy, and if you haven't heard me talk about it before, there is a few links in this post so that you can go learn more. But I'll quickly say, there are two voices within us. There's the ego fire hydrant spewing inside of our heads, telling us how we're great or better than someone else, and also how we're worse or how we're never gonna get there, or all the worrying and the fear, and the fear of uncertainty especially, is coming from that voice. And then deep within ourselves, there's the intuition. It is there for our guidance, it is peaceful, but often it is so quiet because the ego is screaming so loudly in contrast, so we don't get to listen to it. Writing to your intuition is the number one way I can possibly find and most powerful thing I've ever done. Personally, I do it almost every single day, if not a few times a week, whenever I am stressed about something. 
If I have an issue with work or I'm worried about something that's not going to turn out right, I write about it. If I'm worried about how I'm feeling about my body, I write about it. This exercise is so peaceful. I can't even tell you. So quickly, I'll just say what you do is you do a back and forth and Q&A session with your intuition and your ego. So you just write out the fears you have and then wait for the answer to come from within, from your intuition. And then you go back and forth and your ego shares another worry or concern that you have. And then your intuition answers. The intuition answers are always peaceful and they often have so much more insight than we ever rationally have from our head and our thinking up in our in our brains. This other voice seems to live within our bodies, either in our heart or in our stomach and our gut. And that voice is so powerful, but we often don't even tap into the immense resources that are there. So if I can ask you to do one thing today, try this writing exercise. Don't put it off. Don't say you're going to do it later. If you're feeling stressed now and you want someone to tell you an answer, you can do this right now and get that answer you need. It may not make your ego happy. It will give you the information you need to be peaceful right now. It may not tell you what you're going to do is six months from now. That's not the intuition's point. The point isn't to tell you what's going to happen in six months. The point is to tell you what you need to know in this moment so you can access your own peace, your own fulfillment, and your own joy. And again, just to remind you, as I've said many times throughout this series, justlive.com slash 2015 is where all of these links are and all the resources are to sign up for the three-part video series, the intention setting mini series. Please go to lifewithintentiononline.com. May something wonderful happen to you today. 